Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. As I wake from restless dreams Are you counting stars? I'm making something brilliant I long for you to know What a fool I truly was Waiting for a voice Or a sign from up above On the bright side Where my love lies On the bright side Get another chance Maybe somewhere down the line Gonna tear down this fence All the ties in mind Gonna break away the chains From the coil of this life And maybe one fine day There'll be no more strife On the bright side Where my love lies On the bright side On the bright side Where my love lies On the bright side On the bright side From Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, Gary Holt. That's The Bright Side by Ryan Murphy and Michael Barham. And uh, we're going to welcome to the show today our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. We're back in the saddle again. Man, I tell you what, we took about a <laughs> six-week hiatus. I don't know that people really were aware of that because, you know, we've got over hundred great shows in our archives and so we've just rebroadcast things while Miss Mary Kay and I were getting moved into our new home in Nashville so we're kind of getting settled in and uh, our, our new pet Mr. Sam is joining us this morning on the show and um, <laughs> so we're, we're just tickled to be back and with you again Bobby. Well, it's great. It has been. Uh, I, I I was a little rusty trying to remember what I do to get prepared. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess. So, well, I but I'm good. I'm good. Rusty. I'm yeah. I am. Yeah, I am. I'm ready. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, our first guest today doesn't know that he's going to be uh, warming us up from our rust after all these weeks that we've been <laughs> away. But uh, tell us who's <laughs> joining us today. 
Oh, we're just delighted to have David Sawyer joining us today, and we're going to learn all about David and his family and his music, so I won't say anything right now. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're looking forward to talking with David. He's a good friend, and so is the Sawyer family, and so we're looking forward to sharing his great music. And in the second hour of the show, our friend Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America will be joining us, and we've got some interesting topics that we'll be discussing today on Saddle Up America. But right now, let's take a listen to a great song from David's CD, The Good Years. This is one called Black Coffee. We'll be back in just a moment with our very special guest, Mr. David Sawyer. Toss me up, you can throw me down You can put me on a fast train out of town You can send me down the road, son You know when I won't look back You can have my liquor, you can have my wine You can have my money, you can have my time You can take it all, but I want my coffee black You can have my trouble, you can have my luck I'll pay you double if you take my junk You can haul it off in a little old gun you can have my bacon, you can have my eggs, you can take my wagon, don't take my legs, you can have my monkey, but I want my coffee from his album, The Good Years. 
and I agree, give me my coffee black. (laughs) (laughs) Making his first appearance with us today, David Sawyer is an accomplished songwriter, musician, and performer. Born and raised in Texas, David has had a guitar in his hand since he was 11 years old. He's played with bands that have toured Russia, Japan, and the U.S., and he spent time in Nashville pursuing a songwriting career. Fast forward several years. Today, he leads Simple Gifts, the Sawyer family band, made up of his wife, Kathy, daughter, Leah, and son, David. In addition, he is known for his unique finger-picking style guitar playing. And check out his weekly scripture movie on his Facebook page, Guy with a Guitar. It's terrific. Movie Monday. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe a man who wears many hats. Songwriter, musician, performer, artist, husband, and father, David Sawyer. Welcome, David. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Gary. Hey, David. How are you, my friend? Good, good. So glad to to get to do this with you all today. Thank you all for having me on. Well, we are tickled to death to have you join us. Uh, So I've got to tell this little story. We were driving... Mary Kay and I were driving through the mountains of southern Utah, and uh, we were listening to CDs that she had put in, and so we, I heard this CD, and I listened to one song and another, and I said, Mary Kay, who is this guy? He's really, really good, and she said, it's David Sawyer. I said, what? <laughs> so... <laughs> So it was the good years, and uh, and I just was tickled to death with the music. It is so great, and we're going to share a lot of that music with our audience today. But uh, but I was so taken with it that when we did Rendezvous this year in June in Tennessee, Bobby, I had to get David to do several songs from the CD itself, you know, and, and he wasn't even planning mm-hmm. on that. So, <laughs> well, it was, uh, gosh, what it was, we had a lot of fun over there. And uh, just a, I mean, a pleasure when somebody asks, you know, when anybody asks you to do, to just sing a song, you know, and right. wants to hear something that you do, what an honor, what a, you know, I just, and, and then when you've written something for somebody to ask for. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well. Well, it's great stuff, and uh, and of course the folks that were at Rendezvous back in June in Tennessee just really enjoyed your music, and and saw your family as well. But you just did a great job. So I want to ask you, this is this is like being reintroduced to the CD, the Good Years. So yes, sir. What was going on? When did you write the music? When did the CD first come out? And how? you decide to reintroduce it well i tell you what gary it's a, a long my life is just uh just a string of uh cassette tapes and uh, <laughs> of uh ideas and scraps of paper literally you know huh? uh, you know and um but uh, so when I went to, before I moved to Nashville, which I moved, I was there. I was there from '91 till about '90, almost '95. Okay. And uh, and I wrote. I had written a lot of songs before I went, and then when I got there, I uh, uh, you know made, got involved in that community and made lots of friends, friends that who I you know just long life lifelong friends, and and uh, so 
several of those songs on the CD came during that time. There's a, there are a couple of them, of them that I've, uh, well, one in particular, the, the title cut, The Good Years, I wrote with Steve Hartz before I ever left for Nashville. And okay. he lives over in, in Nacogdoches, Texas. And just an awesome, I mean, he is a, a storyteller, artist, just an awesome musician. And uh, so we wrote The Good Years. And then when I got on over to Nashville, I met Mason Young, uh, and there's several tunes on that CD that I wrote with Mason. And so, okay. you know, uh, and so that's where it kind of started. And then life goes on, and I uh, we have I played with the Andy Owens Project, uh, a group, uh, a bluegrass band out of Dallas at that time. And uh, so I came back from Nashville. That kind of got me. I headed home, you know, and uh, we 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 got to go to Russia and Japan, do a little little traveling, and um, and then uh, you know, life just kind of goes on. I met my wife. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I just got this life that uh, I, you know, I drove a truck for a while. I mean, it's, oh, wow. it's just like a song, you know. Um, yeah. But. Um, <laughs> Anyway, ended up in Indiana and married my wife, and and, uh, and life goes on. I'm having some kids, and they become fiddlers. Actually, before that happened, uh, actually before we had kids, so my my, my beautiful wife, Kathy, uh encouraged me to record to do the Goodyear CD. Okay. So I took all those songs, and we did that, and that was about in uh, 2000. And, okay. Uh, so that came out wow. then. and. And uh, and uh, so then we started having kids, and they started fiddling, and we were doing all those songs in our group. Uh, and, you know, throughout the years, they've kind of grown up with that. And um, so, yeah, we just re-released it uh, and uh, because people were asking for those songs. And, uh, and I tell you what, when I did it, I was real fortunate to – I've got a friend, a lifelong friend, Tammy, who was Tammy Rogers, who I grew up with, but her name is Tammy Rogers uh, King, and, and she's the fiddle player in the Steel Drivers. And she and her husband, mm-hmm. Jeff, I I had it. We did it at their recording studio. And, of course, Jeff is a phenomenal uh, guitar player, and he put some uh, bazooki on there and some a little bit of electric lead and and he played some mandolin and fiddle and did a little harmony. And so I was very uh, blessed to have them be a part of that. And uh, just uh, they were very encouraging. And uh, so so anyway, so here we are in uh, 2021, and it, we're, we're rolling again with it. And, <laughs> and meanwhile, my family's making music. And uh, I don't gosh. know. Did I answer your question? I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, a lot of history right there. But but you know, one of the things that strikes me about this is that you you cut this in 2000, 21 years later. It's yeah. just new. It's just new all over again, and just mm-hmm. as good as anything that is cut today. And. Um, that's a great CD. I, right now, I want to get to another song from that. It's one called Pretty Woman. Anything you want to tell us about this? You know, that was – actually, I wrote that that song in the 80s, and and it and it kind of uh, 
I'll have things, I'll write them, and then I just kind of keep them there, and then, you know, and then they evolve for ten or fifteen years. And as your, as my guitar playing changed, the song kind of it took on a thing of its own. And so I kind of I finished that up about the time I recorded the the, the album. But it was just kind, of, it was inspired in my bluegrass days back way back in the eighties. I think we were up in Hugo, Oklahoma, and. Uh, I don't know. There were there, every, all the people, the young people my age, they were falling in love. And you were thinking about that, weren't you? I, I can I tell. Kind of thinking, I was kind of thinking about it. Yeah, what you, that all you, entailed. So you you had Kathy on your mind, and you didn't even know it. But, I didn't. Uh, even, I had. I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's take a listen to Pretty Woman. We're going to come back and talk more with David Sawyer in just a minute today on the Campfire okay. Cafe. Actually, three. Okay. So, when did you meet the guitar initially, 
do you have a favorite that you really is your go-to guitar? And I'd like to learn a little bit about your unique finger-picking style. So I know those are kind of like three questions, but I wanted to get them all out at at one time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I can't explain it. Uh, I will tell you that the guitar uh, uh, started out with my dad back when I was a kid. And, you know, everybody, it seems like, had a silver tone guitar, and that's what – had a, had an old silver tone guitar, and that's what my dad my dad would sit around and play. And he 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 played uh, an E an E a B seventh and an A chord, and those are what he taught me. And he loved like he liked uh, there's a guy Freddie King. He loved to play. Uh, there's a song called uh, Hideaway. Different things. He kind of uh-huh. liked that blues guitar kind of stuff. And he got me going on it, and I just loved it. And then. I, I wish I could find this. My dad recorded. He was listening to uh, it was a public radio show at some point, and there was a guy playing uh, ragtime guitar, and he was from New Orleans. And to this day, I don't know who it was, but my dad had he recorded this, and I just loved it. I don't know. I was just drawn to the sound of an appeal, particularly an acoustic guitar, and that right. really mm-hmm. moved me kind of a ragtime sound and then i think that kind of took me over to uh, without even knowing it i sort of play kind of a it's sort of a i like it's sort of a piedmont blues uh if that makes any sense and uh mm-hmm. and i know i i know mississippi john hurt however i love that kind of playing that kind of that sound that and which inspired merle travis and I'm, i you know i love all those guys um yeah. merle travis of course chad, chad atkins um, so that's kind of how I got started. My dad, my dad on that E chord and, and that, and that old silver tone guitar, as far as my, my, the guitar, my go-to guitar right now, I just, I have a, a, uh, I've got a, a Taylor, just a Taylor guitar. It's a, a grand symphony model that's set up that just plays really well and it sounds good plugged up. And so that's the one that I grab with my family but I've got that guitar, and then my next one is it's an old Bacon Bacon made by Bacon and Day uh, Banjo Company in 1934, and I got wow. that guitar from Steve Steve Hartz down in Nacogdoches, who I wrote the Good Years with. He I got this guitar from him in 1989. It was just it was just uh, laying around in his store, and uh, he gave me a really good deal on it. And I've had it for all these years. Well, I. About a month ago, I just got it back, and I had the neck reset, and and I've been playing that thing. So I've got two guitars that are kind of my go-tos now. It's that Taylor and that uh, that old uh, uh, Bacon guitar. And, and uh, anyway, it's kind of a it's a neat old guitar. And then what, what was your, you had a third question. Oh, your finger! <laughs> yeah. You're known for your unique oh. finger picking style, oh, oh. and I. Love you to well, just talk about I, that to many of us that don't play guitar and might not know what are we even talking about there. Well, um, I will tell you, and then I, uh, I should have started started everything with this. I will. I uh, I think that I I play the I play the guitar so that I can sing, and I sing so that I can play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I've always told you. And so I've always, uh, you know, I've played, I've been involved in bluegrass music and uh, different things through the years. Well, I never was a flat picker. I always put a thumb pick on and 
and uh, and almost uh, my 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 guitar picking kind of evolved from a from a ban- a three finger banjo style to kind of this Merle Travis thing. And yeah. Merle Travis, for all the pickers out there, they'll tell you and they know that Mer- that Merle played. He just played with his thumb and his index finger, and it was pretty amazing what he could wow. do. And so um, I'm sort of a hybrid of all of that. And then I'll instead of flat picking, I'll kind of do I'll kind of use my index and my thumb and use those and pick those single notes, kind of like I had a flat pick on. And so I don't fit into any category necessarily, <laughs> but um, but I do. I'll tell you what. I absolutely love to play, and uh, and I love uh, the 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 longest thing I've done so far is being with my family, and I think it's been the um, most enjoyable thing I've ever done. But they give me a lot of leeway. My kids are um, I'm bragging on my kids, but they're great musicians. They're better than they I are. ever was mm-hmm. at, at their age, and uh, and so they put up with their dad you know i'll 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 go down a rabbit trail and they just follow me you know and i I don't and and i and i ask a lot of them and so if i'm playing with other people i don't get to do that you know and so but anyway i've been spoiled that way oh gosh i don't know well there's my picking that's really fun. Well, you mentioned the good years a couple minutes ago, and I think, um, Gary, if that's the next song we, that you we were got planning it. on we playing. Got it. Yeah, yeah we got it ready to go. Get to that? Yeah, right. let's do the good years. Come back, and we'll talk more with David Sawyer, and uh, we may talk a little bit about the Sawyer family band, the Simple Gifts Band. All so right. Let's Thank take a listen to good years. You're welcome, David, and we'll be back in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Took three years of scrimping to buy that old Ford. A 38 flatbed with rusted outdoors Parked by the John Deere In a weathered old shed Billy patched up the good years And painted her red That year he met Anna At the old five and dime Take her out driving When they had the time They didn't have money The year they were wed So they just kept on patching The tires on old But those, those were the good years. Love saw them through the hills they would climb at each winding time. They kept them rolling 
to a junkyard near Macon One hot Georgia day All torn up and tattered They haul red away Man says to the driver That truck was my dad's And those ragged old retreads Were all that she Those, those were the good years Love saw us through The hills we would climb At each winding turn They kept us rolling Now looking back cut from the good years and our special guest today is mr david sawyer we're just having a ton of fun finding out more about him than we ever knew and um <laughs> wow wow this is this is just a great cd and uh and i'm glad that you dusted it off and brought it back out for people to be able to pick up again so we're excited about yeah. that we are excited but uh most People, David, are familiar with you because you are the the uh, uh, what should I call you? Uh, Kathy's really boss, I think, of simple <laughs> guests. <laughs> but, but you're but yeah, you're I, the I, patron. There you go. Yeah. You say the boss. Yeah, yeah she's the boss. <laughs> he, he wears the yeah, hat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He does wear yeah. the hat. But anyway, uh, Simple Guest the Saw Your Family Band, uh, and, and that band is made up of, of course, you and your wife, Kathy, and Leah, and I don't know if we can call him Little David much longer. You know, he's catching up with you pretty I know. quickly. He is. Yeah. He's about to catch yeah. me up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. uh so for the worldwide audience out there that's not familiar with the with the Sawyer family band, tell us a little bit about each member of the band and and what they do and their instruments because you guys are just so stinking talented, it's unreal. Well, um my uh of course I'm on the guitar all the time and then my, my daughter Leah, uh she's uh of course, she plays a lot of different instruments, but in the band, she's she's a fiddler. She plays the fiddle and uh, does a you know she's a tech, knows a lot of Texas fiddle tunes. You know, she grew up. My both of my kids, actually, both of them started on the fiddle, and uh, in that we began they doing fiddle contests, the, the Texas okay. fiddle contest, and and so that's kind of very. Uh, a lot of our music is will have kind of that that 
sound, I suppose, uh, a lot of the fiddle tunes that we do. We do some right. tune fiddling, so David will occasionally jump over on the fiddle and do that. But um, he, in the band, his primary instrument uh, is the mandolin, and uh, he's uh, – I can't keep up with the years, but uh, – I don't know. He's been doing that for eight, eight or nine years, I guess, playing that thing. And he, he wow. picked that thing, picked the mandolin up on his own. And uh, also, David uh, plays the trumpet, which um, that came about. We've got a few songs that we do. We've, we've got trumpet on, and I've really gained a huge appreciation for the horn. You know, I had no right. idea. He started expressing an interest in that, and the good mother that Kathy is, you know, she put the word out way back when, and somebody showed up with a cornet. Wow. And uh, and uh, David, anyway, got to doing that, and then since then he's bought another horn, a, a little bit better horn, and um, I, and uh, actually it was a cornet that was given to him, and then he bought a trumpet, but. Uh, Anyway, so then he plays some bass, and, and they both play a little uh, guitar, so we try to integrate all of that into the sound of our band. And uh, we have just uh, – you had asked me if I would if I had any cuts yet, and I've right. been slow and haven't gotten those to you yet. But we've just finished 12 songs, and we're about to come uh. out with – it's an all-gospel uh, album that our band is uh, is doing. Awesome. And uh, so we're ju- that should be out in the next – within the next month. And uh, awesome. so uh, we're – actually, we're mixing right now. So, oh, we're um, – that's great. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're excited uh, anyway, about that. But I, just, and, I jumped on the think... trail. You were asking about the, 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 the musicianship, but uh, anyway, I, I kind of – took us another direction there so well that's okay that is all right because i mean you know when you sit there and you're you're listening to performances and everybody keeps grabbing a different instrument and playing it so well it's just a lot of fun to watch but um you're talking about the new album so i think aram has been producing that album for you hasn't he yes he has uh, uh, down in uh yeah in burleson and we we've uh yeah, he's doing. He's just really been. Uh, oh, he's so good. Aaron just uh, works with our family well, and uh, so it's been a great experience. But but it's you know it's been a, a nine or ten month process, and because we're kind of slow pokes, but we're going to get it get it done. And so he's he's uh, starting that mixing, and we're working it out. Well, we're looking right. forward to that. We'll have to. We'll just have to have the family come when you get that album out. So that'd be a lot of fun. We, we would love that. Yes, sir. And by the way, we're talking about Aram Metter, who is uh, uh, Kristen Harris's husband. And um, Kristen will be our special guest next week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So we may play a little music that Aram oh, had yeah. something to do with on that. Yeah. Yeah. So we want a pleasure to see Kristen a little bit. Uh, and, you know, she'll pop in. And, and so, yeah, we love them. We love them. Love them both. Yeah. Well, there's, people and um uh if i'm not mistaken leah has played with uh kristen uh, quite a bit in the past too yeah she has throughout the years uh different things uh this year uh kristen's been this summer uh kristen's been doing some gigs over at six flags and so that's been a real convenient thing you know so she's been able to go over there and do that a little bit with her and yeah uh 
it's just it's been a great um, you know all that kind of stemmed from the uh, Cowtown Opry over in the stockyards. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. We mm-hmm. developed a lot of those mm-hmm. relationships, and that's where we met Kristen to start with. And of course, Devin Dawson uh, kind of was the is the one that kind of headed all that up, and we we met her. Uh, uh, met Devin and, and then Kristen and and uh, many other uh, musicians, but that's kind of where it all started. Um, mm-hmm. And this weekend, actually, they're doing a, a, a fundraiser, uh, the gala for the Southtown Opry uh, over in uh, Cleburne uh, this weekend. So okay. uh, we're going to be a part of that and, and get to see all these folks. So oh, that's uh, great! Pretty excited. Well, be yeah. sure and tell everybody we said hey, and uh, that yeah. should be a great that should be a great weekend for folks. One of my favorite songs on the CD is "Waco Woman." So now you tell us how you wrote this thing. This is such a fun song. Okay, yeah. Um, well, you know, really, it's just uh, a good friend of mine. His name is Larry Hackman. Believe it or not. We joke around and say he's the Larry Hackman, mm-hmm. but I, I've known Larry. I've known Larry my whole life, and uh, just been good friends. In fact, he uh, he and his wife went was in college with my. They were roommates at uh, up at uh, Ball State in Muncie, Indiana, and they wow. introduced us. Oh, so wow. anyway, but before all that happened, before he met his wife, he he uh, he found uh, he kind of. There, there was a girl over in Waco, and I think her name was Lucinda. Now, I could be making that up. I think I'm right. <laughs> but she had a – actually, she didn't have a Cadillac. Well, no, he, he had a cat. I had a Cadillac. Larry didn't have a Cadillac. So I added that in the song. But Lucinda – she did – she drove a convertible Pontiac, and she just she just looked like a song, you know? He was that kind of person, but he was he was very uh, enamored with, with her, and uh, so um, you know I I just kind of made the rest up. But he but uh, <laughs> but 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 this girl from Waco really was she was the real deal, and uh, he was I I think he was in love with her. I really did. Oh wow! Well, and, uh, so well, that, this, that's is, this is this is this is. Fantastic song. You're going to love it. It's called Wake Woman. It is from the CD, The Good Years. We'll be back and talk more with David in just a moment on Campfire Cafe. Well, I've traveled up and down this Highway 31. I know at least a thousand times just so I can see you. And I know at least I like you, and I might have even loved you, but I never had the chance to know the truth. Well, I know it might sound foolish, but I don't know how much longer I can hang around and expect to survive. There's something that tickles, something way down in my heart, and it makes that something awfully hard to hide. She's my way, woman. She's Kansas City bound. In her top was Bonneville, she's forgotten how I feel and now she's gone. She's my way, woman, she's gone and she's never coming back. She's not messing around, she's looking to a new town and I don't know if I'd go. 
in Dallas that I really hate to quit because it pays well and I like what I do. But what I do and what I get don't equal up to how I feel whenever I am standing next to you. Well, now don't be surprised, pretty girl, if you see me up in Kansas City where I'm leaving sometime later on today. I've got my Cadillac back with things in the back on the zip on down the highway. Well, I didn't think twice, but I hope it's not too late. She's my way, go woman. She can't sit down. In her top of Bonneville, she's forgotten how I feel and now she's gone. She's my way, go woman. She's gone and she's never coming back. Albuquerque, oh, pre-COVID, 2019, performing with Kristen, uh, both in a house concert. We saw her at a house concert that was just, you know, so fun to be so close. Uh-huh. You know, that's the thrill of house concerts. You're just, they're so intimate. And you just always oh, no have fun. And you look at your faces in any photograph, and there's just joy. It's just pure joy it's it's not just the look that you put on when you're performing and you know when you perform you have to have a stage presence this is just joy (laughs) and one of the things that i really enjoyed myself um that i didn't know that you do is your uh monday uh, monday movies a guy with a guitar you're quite an artist and they're really fun, short little movies with a big message. And I would love you to share the story, how that came about, and um, and what you what you put together during that time. Yeah. Um, well, um, first of all, um, 
you know, I talked about uh, scraps of paper and cassette tapes and in boxes, and so I noodle around on my guitar and come up with melodies. Well, in this day and age, I put it on my voice notes, right, on my telephone. You know, I've got uh, hundreds of okay. these things. I'll, I'll be playing my guitar, and so I'll record a little melody or something. And so, you know, well, what to do with this with these things, I, you know? And they do inspire me sometimes to write a song, <laughs> and, and uh, so I'll do it. I use them for that. But, um, yeah, so the other – so then there's that little category. Well, I just love markers. I love pens and doodling and drawing faces, that kind of thing. And, and then probably just as much, I like to do the lettering. You know, I like to just go mm-hmm. to, go crazy and write print letters and make big, big ones and small ones. And, and uh, so that um, led to just, uh, uh, you know, I... I couldn't do any of this stuff without the Lord, you know, and I like to get it in, in the, I like to get into his word, but you know what? I have a hard time concentrating sometimes. I can't, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I, I'll start mm-hmm. reading something. I mean, my mind goes across yeah. the street somewhere. So what I started doing, <laughs> I just like take one verse out of the Bible and I just write that thing. And I conscience, in fact, I'm sitting here right now writing. I like to just write. <laughs> And you talk, you know, you can write a word, and you, so you write it. And when you write that word, it kind of just sticks to sticks with you, you know. You're having to think about it while you're writing, and so that's how that came about. I was, I would just write out scriptures. Well, once again, the simplicity of things that we can do with our smartphones and our computers, and putting that music behind the video, one thing led to another, and that's just kind of how that happened. And so I will. I, I play – sometimes it's an old hymn that you might recognize, and sometimes it's just something that kind of came to my – you know, just came to my heart or came, just kind of came to my fingers. Uh, just some noodling around on my guitar that I'll put behind behind that, and usually just usually it's a finger-picking ditty of some kind. And I've done some of them on a – I've got, a, of course, a ukulele I'll use sometimes, and just different things, but but it's pretty much a raw just recording of the guitar, you know, and uh, put put with that. And, but anyway, so I, then a lot of them it'll just I'll write it out and it'll kind of be in slow motion, and or no, it goes fast. I speed it up. It goes fast. So I write it and I speed it way up, yeah. and uh, so you get to see this. But you know, it it's just one of those things that we all have gifts, you know, and we all have mm-hmm. things that we love to do and sometimes we we just sort of lay it aside and I just you know uh, sometimes some of the stuff I do I oh it looks pretty good and then sometimes it doesn't but you just have to just kind of just keep on doing it you know I don't know what right. you know whatever mm-hmm. it is you're, that you're called to do you know and uh, mm-hmm. so anyway do you do you do one? Trail. Do you are you do you try to do you know one a week or is it just sort of when the moment? Oh, I I got a moment. I'm gonna do one right now. Or or um, well, how you know, how do you? You know what? I was kind of doing them. Uh, I will. Uh, I have just started uh, kind of getting back into that a little bit. I had I was for about three years. I did one every week, and that, in fact, I was doing okay. a couple of weeks. Oh. But uh, but then it, then it became Moody Monday, and now what I've been doing, uh, probably the last three months, I took a little break from it. Um, but I'm kind of getting easing back into it, you know. But it, uh, 
but so I'll, I'll, I'll send out one from the past is what I've been doing uh, most recently. But uh, sometimes uh, well, they're wonderful. Uh, life gets in the way, you know. But um, but yeah, but yeah, you can find them on uh, YouTube, and of course you can go to um, you can go to our website, thesimplegiftsband.com, and uh, it'll link you over to that, and you can so people can sure find them there, and um, so hopefully they just you know they're just something that I hope people will be inspired. And that's what that's, I, there you I go. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, you are you got all of you guys are inspiring, and uh, you also are kind of a romantic kind of guy that I just didn't know about. And the next song we're going to get to is called "That's Just the Way Love Is." So how did you write this one, David? You know, uh, I was talking about Mason uh, Young. From Nashville, uh, he he's the same one. I, he and I wrote the Christmas song that's on this mm-hmm. movie, and uh, you know I'll just be. We were trying to. I don't know that we were head. I don't know that we were heading in the right direction, but we were gonna. We were gonna be. We were gonna write some songs over there. We were gonna be hit songwriters, you know, Mason and I were. So we we uh, but we did. He he'd come over and. We'd stay up late and talk about our family and folks that we cared about, and that's how that that's about how that uh, th- this song came about. And, and uh, I think we probably within the same month we wrote uh, 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 which one is this? This the love that that's the way love is, and then we wrote the Christmas song probably within within a six week period of time. So wow, anyway. wow. Well, I will, I will. Yeah, that I'm looking forward to Christmas so we can play that Christmas song because it's absolutely great. <laughs> but uh, right now we're going to play well, that's just... just the way love is. So we're going to come right. back and talk more Let's with go. Dave in just a second. All right. I wondered if love could be bought or sold. Could I win your heart with a mountain of gold? What a mansion made of marble and steel Show you the way that I feel You came to me, tender and kind Softly you called me time after time You never noticed I had it wrong You never counted the cost That's just the way love is True love does what it takes That's just the way love is That's the way love is made Now here I stand looking into your eyes I'll be your man for the rest of my life I'll give you love that never lets go Baby, I want you to know That's just the way love is 
true love does what it takes. That's just the way love is. That's the way love is made. And oh, now I believe in love is what this poor heart needs in love. Love's the only way to be free. Is that okay? Well, that's just the way love is. True love does what it takes. That's just the way love is. That's the way love is made. That's the way love is made. That's just the way love is. That's David Sawyer, and it is from the CD, The Good Years. And David, our time has gotten away from us. I didn't realize that... And man, it's been so much fun talking with you today yeah, and finding out more about you. And wow. Wow. So, um, yeah. I know, I know everybody around the world wants to know how they can get this CD and, uh, and the new CD will be coming out. You said in just about a month or so. So, Give us your website and your Facebook page and your Instagram and your Pinterest and your Twitter and wherever else you might be. Okay. Uh, well, of course, they can find us at uh, the Simple Gifts. The Simple Gifts. I'm sorry. The Simple Gift Band dot com. Okay. And uh, and then they can, of course, and that'll take them to you know as far as. Uh, going to hearing you know, hearing videos and that kind of thing on YouTube and different places, and uh, and then of course they can just email us. They can email us at SawyerTunes, uh, T-U-N-E-S at Yahoo dot com. Okay. And uh, and then and on Facebook it's Simple Gifts, the Simple Gifts Band. And uh, then here well, I they'll go. Find I'm, you know, I'm gonna, they'll find you. <laughs> I think it's the Simple Gifts Family Band, but they'll find you. Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, Gary, it's Simple Gifts, the Sawyer Family Band on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. All right. All right. No, all right. I heard, well, I heard the boss back there. I heard the boss. Yeah, tell, <laughs> tell Kathy we love her and say, hey. But anyway. Well, you have been a ton of fun to have on the show, and thanks for being with us. We're going to have to have you guys back. We'll have to have the whole family, and uh, we well, look forward. You. We look forward to doing that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we're well, going to close out yeah, this pleasure. segment. Yeah, go ahead. You can tell her bye. Well, I just said both of you, so thank you both. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, all right. So thanks for being with us. There's a little bit of a delay. There's a little bit of a delay. We're going to close out this segment with uh, Hallelujah. It is from the CD, The Good Years. Our special guest has been David Sawyer. 
and we look forward to having David and the whole family back with us in the near future. David, thanks so much. Thank you so much. With a hard luck smile and an old holy Bible, he walked to the mission again. With a fifth of good whiskey tucked up against him, saying, Dear God, won't you let me in? Hallelujah, amen. He spends his night downtown by the old Masonic Hall. Folks say he's done lost his mind. He talks about Jesus with the bankers and the lawyers. Why they just keep on walking by Yeah, you know they just keep on walking by With a hard luck smile And an old holy Bible He walked to the mission again With a fifth of good whiskey Tucked up against him Saying, dear God, won't you let me in Hallelujah, amen You don't think about winning Or worry about losing Cause you know he's done it all He's been sitting on top of all his crazy dreams And then he found himself flat down on the floor Yeah, he found himself flat down on the floor With a hard luck smile and an old holy Bible he walked to the mission again With a bit of good whiskey tucked up against him Saying, dear God, won't you let me in Hallelujah, amen I'll fly away, oh Lord, he says that he can't wait till the day He goes to heaven, dancing with the angels Old guitars and cheap cigars and great big catfish plays with them old guitars and cheap cigars and great big catfish plates. With a hard luck smile and an old holy Bible, he walked to the mission again. With a fifth of 
Legacy Radio Network. When we come back, we'll be talking with our good friend, Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Cowboy out on the stormy plain. When I was a cowboy out on the stormy plain, the only hell that I ever raised, he's a pulling on my bridle rein. Comatia, yippee, comatia, yippee, Out on the cow trail, the dusty billows rise. Out on the cow trail, the dusty billows rise. We're 50 miles from water, the grass is scorched and dry. Komataya, yuki komataya, yuki aye. Well, I've been where the lightning tangled in my eyes. I've been where the lightning tangled in my eyes. I heard the trail boss holler, hope you ain't afraid to die. Komataya, yuki komataya, yuki yae. Just whooping up the cattle out in the heat and cold. 
Equestrian Legacy Radio Network from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt. In Albuquerque, New Mexico is our co-host, Bobby Bell. And joining us for the first Thursday of the month is our good friend, Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horseman America. Hey, Randy. Hello, Gary. Hi, Bobby. Glad to be here. Hi. Glad to have you. We kind of missed you month i was on the road and we just just happy to be back live and in person again so we good, have good. I'm glad we have moving forward well they are moving forward they're kind of kind of <laughs> but anyway so you and i were talking the other day and you had happened to mention to me the fact that there is a national educational campaign that's going to be in place, uh, maybe starting about a month, and it's one that just recently I've seen a lot of conversation about, and that is trail etiquette. And uh, so, w- what's happening? Talk a little bit about trail etiquette and what's going to be taking place in this national campaign. Oh, you bet, Gary. No, this is really interesting because it's truly national in scope. And the good news is it's just not the horsemen trying to tell the other trail users how they should behave around horses. This is the national campaign that has the buy-in and leadership of all trail organizations at the national level. So the hikers, the trail runners, the mountain bikers, um, the mobility-impaired community, everyone who uses trails. Um, has said this is important and, and the time is now that we should be talking about how we can get along better on trails. So the theme of it is called Trails Are Common Ground. I mean, okay. we, all, we all go outdoors to have an experience, to have, you know, to, you know either because we want to, you know, further bond and train with our, with our animals or we want to see the, the lovely public lands or we want to even get some exercise and fresh air. For whatever reason, you know, there's a common bond of why people seek trails in whatever they do. So, but the reason it's kind of, it's maybe even overdue now is why we need a national campaign about trail etiquette and how to get along is because, uh, you know, last year the COVID pandemic made real clear that people are, you know, need to escape and get outdoors just for their, not only for their mental health, but their, for their physical health. And, you know, we're seeing more and more people, sometimes, you know, throngs of more people on the trails. Now, that's a good thing. It's yeah. more trails in many places are more crowded, but I, maybe you've seen that both in Utah and now back in where you are. Tennessee. You know, Tennessee. Trails are getting crowded, especially, you know, near communities and towns and whatnot, uh, more than ever. And trail use is at an all-time high. So, again, a good thing, but unfortunately – there's more conflicts because there's more new people that haven't used trails before that are just going out there that never learned 
or, you know, live an outdoor lifestyle or learn the etiquette of how you, you know, operate around others, especially horses. Right, so right. The whole, the whole idea is to be trail kind and that trails should be inviting for everybody. Um, and it, it comes down to how do you do this and how do you reach the masses when they're all over the place and they have different ways of getting their information and news. This is largely a social media campaign um, that all of these organizations are, are pitching in together to promote and to steer people to websites or Instagram, you know, or even blogs and discussions about trail etiquette, trying to get people who are curious or don't quite know the etiquette or folks of us who think we do know what other users expect and want to kind of, you know, check in and just say, hey, what's this all about and what is being trail kind and, you know, what can I do to respect everyone's right to be on the trail? Um, well, and, and you know, one of the things that I was seeing uh, just recently was talking about trail etiquette with uh, trail riders. I mean, just learning the proper etiquette for uh, whatever your discipline is. So if it's a trail rider, for example, one of the good illustrations that was used was uh, you've got a group of of uh, five or six people that are riding together and all of a sudden somebody takes off and uh, everybody else's horse gets kind of antsy and they want to take off too or uh, yeah. you know whether it's the same split or not or, or bikers that are on the trail that come up behind a horse or um, and as as a as a biker or a hiker I guess you wanna, wouldn't want to be run over by a horse would you <laughs> no, and that's the thing is this we're trying to get the, the trail etiquette stuff all on one main website and then have links to all the other groups. And if you want to learn more, you know, go to the Backcountry Horseman website or go to American Hiking Society website. And hopefully, and then the, my idea, you know, that we're going to cross-pollinate. So if you go to the hiking or biking website, they're just not going to talk about themselves. They're going to talk about how they should act around horses too. So I'm trying to share that content and make sure we're all mm-hmm. talking among each other because yeah, most of those folks don't know just the basics. Like, you know, horses are prey animals and that fight or flight instinct and, you know, all the nuances that, you know, we know about working with horses, people who don't, don't have that knowledge base. And it, That's right. it is the, it's the basis for why we have that yield triangle you've seen on trails perhaps where, Hikers and bikers yield to horses. You know, that's, that's always the case. It's not because we're privileged or because we've been there longer, but it's because of how our animals may or may not respond to a surprise encounter on the trail. Right, um, right. So it's a, safety, it's a safety issue. And so, you know, it's one thing to tell people, and, and this is a day and age, of course, where people don't want to be told anything by the government or other people. They want to do their own thing. And so you can't really say you have to yield to horses. It's more... Well, then, you know, why should you yield to horses? And, and here's why. And as more people learn, people want to do the right thing in general. But as they learn, oh, prey animals, fight or flight, they don't have great eyesight looking straight forward if something's coming at them, approaching them fast, they might think it's a predator, all those kinds of things. They start to say, oh, I never thought of it that way. I get it. That's why we yield to horses. And that's the whole idea is to get that information out there in a user-friendly format that's not preachy or, you know, you have to do it, but here's why it's important so we all get along and, you know, and everyone can have 
ultimately the goal is to change trail behavior, to get along better on trails, and that everybody has a good trail experience, you know, down the road, and they, they get it. They respect the other people on the trails and, and understand why they're there, and uh, we can all reduce the conflict on our trails. Yeah. Randy, um, if I can just jump in for a moment. Um, to prepare for this conversation with you today, I, I went out and Googled Trails Are Common Ground and found um, a, that there's a webinar that's going to be available free of charge on September 9th. Um, and you can get information about that um, from, it's actually americantrails.org and then training and then trails are common ground. But if you just Google trails are common ground, this will come up. And it looked very interesting to me. Um, there's, you know, a gentleman that's going to be running it and then webinar participants can ask questions and such. And um uh, I I didn't find any links to it on anybody else's websites, but it seems like this is when you were saying that social media, you know, this is partly how this message is going to get out. Um, knowing what to search for on social media to you know to stay up to date is helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh. And then I also discovered that there's a September 11th National Memorial Trail. Um, that's very interesting, um, but I didn't see horses listed as um, that equestrians can participate in this, but I didn't know if you knew anything about that trail. That sounds very interesting, and I don't know. I found it on following links from here to there. You know how that goes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um it's great you're doing your homework and you're you're looking at but you know in terms of the first part the trails are common ground because that hasn't been launched yet but we have american trails who's one of the umbrella organizations involved in this is going to have a webinar uh, that you mentioned there in september about helping to launch this our official launch date is right now august 19th and so hopefully when you do your 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 google searches or whatnot by that time or right after during August 19th, you'll see lots of, you know, uh, stuff, you know, throughout in terms of social media and other things about trails are common ground and et cetera. So no one has anything loaded on their websites yet. We're all working, scrambling to get content on our websites to match <laughs> the new logo and the theme. So, so you did good to do the research. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. In terms of the September 11th National Memorial Trail, I know almost nothing about it. So I will look into that. But you flagged it that, it, you know, it doesn't have horse use. I don't know where it is, what the options are. But I, now that you've mentioned it, you piqued my curiosity that I want to look into it and make sure, you know, we're not being forgotten in that. Well, that's but kind of what I thought. It. Like, why aren't equestrians invited to participate in this uh, 1,300 miles? And it starts at the World Trade Center it goes to the Pentagon and it goes right out to um, Pennsylvania and such. So it looks really interesting to me, but I was like, I don't see horses. I don't see horses. <laughs> I don't see equestrians. Uh, How come? <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I had a, I had a question, Randy. I know that you're involved in all of these things with your position with Backcountry Horsemen of America. How did it, how did it come about? How did all of these different organizations come together and decide that there needed to be a national campaign on something like this? Well, that's a great question, Gary, because I think many of our 
colleagues in these other trail organizations saw what was happening on the ground and, and people were saying something needs to be done. But here's the beauty of it. The, the, the main national organization that stepped forward and says we really have to lead this uh, is the International Mountain Bicycling Association. Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, isn't that cool? I think it's wow. great because, of course, the most conflicts that we as horsemen have on trails is probably with mountain bikes. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not going to be it's certainly not going to be in most parts people that are members of in this case IMBA is the acronym for that group you know but there are floods of new mountain bikers there's they're coming out of the woodwork everywhere mountain bike sales are at an all-time high and and you can't even buy bikes in a lot of bike shops these days because the back orders they recognize that there's not only an existing issue but it's not it's only going to get worse if they don't get ahead of this so I'm really thrilled that the executive director of IMBA pulled this together and is using a lot of their own money to kind of shepherd this group of all the national trail organizations uh, on this campaign. And I've got complete trust in our mountain biking friends at the national level that they're going to do it, you know, professionally. They're going to include us at every turn. And I've seen nothing. We've had over 10 Zoom meetings and calls on this thing in the last couple of months. Uh, They're going in the right direction and their hearts are in the right place. So if even one little bit of that good intent can be shared and passed down to the trails community, uh, we're going to see better attitudes and more, you know, less conflict on the trails uh, close to home. Wow, that's great. That is great. Well, we want to, we certainly want the the equestrian community involved in everything, and uh, and I think it's the great that the mountain bikers have kind of kicked this thing off. That's a little bit surprising to me. But uh, grateful for that. So I have I have um, more that we want to talk about in just a minute. But right now we want to take a listen to a song by Gene and Gary Prescott. It's called Cheyenne. And, uh, you know, maybe this has to do with trail etiquette. But, uh, you know, I go to a campsite and can't get into my horse campsite because somebody is there. So we're going to talk about that when we come back on Saddle of America with Randy Rasmussen. We were hunkered down by campfire cattle drive was done to meet up in the spring that was our plan when a ragged cowboy stepped up to warm his hands and someone asked hey ain't you from Cheyenne and he said Cheyenne can never be my Ago, when she changed her mind and chose another man 
So cowboy, if you're going, take some flowers to her door. I couldn't bear to see her face again. Cheyenne can never be my home. Though my heart never left, I must roam. I am just a drifter. Traveling alone, Cheyenne can never be my home. They took me to a grave I laid the flowers on the earth so black They said she never wed that man But died from a broken heart Waiting for a cowboy to come back Prescott, the song is Cheyenne, and on Saddle Up America today, we're talking with Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America, and during this pandemic, Randy, uh, more people have taken the road with RVs than ever before, and that's kind of leading to some problems, isn't it, with our campsites and campgrounds? It, it is indeed, um, and, and more people just camping out. Again, good that people are getting outdoors in the pandemic yeah. times, but, you know, given that horse campsites are few and far between in a lot of places, uh, as the regular campsites fill up, a lot of RV and other campers are just moving in on the horse camps uh, with no qualms about occupying a site that, Clearly, is intended for for horseshoes, so it's it's making our people go crazy, and I'm sure you know a lot of your listeners have had the same issue. Whether it's state parks, county parks, or even federal land, you know it's happening across the nation at a, a high rate that we're getting aced out of our our horse camps, and it's really a problem because we can't, you know, we don't have many alternatives, um, as as you know. So it's 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 a huge national problem, and, and backcountry horsemen of America is trying to find solutions in short order, both short-term solutions and long-term solutions to that problem. Well, I suppose we could put a horseshoe nails uh, in tires or something that might. <laughs> oh, oh. 
<laughs> civil disobedience. But, um, you know, we've had lots of horror stories about, you know, not only have – these are usually first-come, first-serves, but sometimes people are occupying reservable sites. That's a whole other issue. That can be enforced. But mm. where you've got first-come, first-serve sites and you've got people set up and – they're using, you know, the corrals for their gear and all that stuff. They're using, you know, the high lines for the, to play volleyball and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're right next to them, let's say you get the horse camp next to them. It's, there's a lot of activity, a lot of stuff that, you know, your horses aren't too comfortable with sometimes. So, you know, throwing Frisbees and kids coming over thinking it's a petting zoo. Someone's going to get hurt if it hasn't happened already. And then you got, you know, kids with bicycles or people with bicycles in the horse camps and running by the, you know, the animals. It's, it's not a good situation for a number of reasons. And the problem is, you know, even though there's a law that prevents us from taking our animals and camping at a regular campsite, there's actually a law right. that says we can't do that. There's no law on the other side that says people without stock cannot occupy a, a you know a horse campsite it's it's we don't have that and so people are free you know unless they you know realize and, and and are actually acting like good citizens that they shouldn't be using horse camps because you know that's intended for the the few of us and the, the few horse camps we have i mean i think horse camps are less than four percent at least on some of the national forests i'm familiar with of all the the campsites, if we only have 4% on a given national forest, you know, there's not many opportunities. We have to keep, drive a long ways or to uh, find other ways if, if those if those first-come, first-sites are, are all taken up by other people. Well, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about trail etiquette. You know, people need to be uh, aware of other folks that are out there that are using trails and camping and, and – uh, so maybe that might be addressed in this national campaign, you know, just a thought. Maybe it's already been that's talked a good point. about. Well, no, not really. So that's a good point, Gary. Thanks for mentioning that. I, I will look for those tie-ins where we can, especially, you know, on, on the equine-specific stuff, talk about even, you know, campsites at the trailhead or other things about, you know, don't occupy a horse camp if you don't have stock. It's, you know, it's meant for somebody else. So, no, thanks yeah. for mentioning that. Yeah, well, it just falls right in with that. So one of the other things that we talked a little bit about, and uh, we talk about the National Forest Service, and we talk about the BLM, and uh, we don't talk much about the Army Corps of Engineers and all the trail riding opportunities that uh, are available to people to ride on core property. And uh, first of all, can you tell us what core property is, Randy? Oh, you bet. No, this is interesting because there's a lot of federal public land agencies, and you mentioned a few of them, that manage public lands for a number of reasons, including recreation. But one of the ones we typically don't talk about is under the Department of Defense and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers who have holdings all over the nation. Um, I can give you statistics but you know these are these are things you know largely reservoirs where they were constructed for flood control and uh, electrical generation, but they have vast landscapes that surround these reservoirs. So, for example, I think the Army Corps of Engineers manages over 12 million acres. Yeah, here's the statistic: 12 million acres in 43 states. 
wow. across the nation. And so while we think of them as reservoirs and lots of boating and boat ramps and camping on the lakeshore, they are over 7,400 miles of trails on wow. Army Corps of Engineer managed lands. And here's, a, here's an interesting statistic. So we talk about those 12 million acres and, and how massive, massive the land holdings are for the Army Corps of Engineers. Those reservoirs and, and, and trails get more visits from the public than our national parks do. Oh, wow. And that was a statistic that shocked me. Over 262 million visits per year by the public to the, the reservoirs and surrounding lands throughout our nation. So there's all kinds of things that come from that. There's, you know, uh, you know the ec- economic benefits to, from tourism, um, you know, all the way through to helping local communities. Uh, Army Corps of Engineer lands are taking an, an increasingly important role, especially as we talked about. People are getting out more in the public lands and looking for places to go. Here's one place that, you know, people don't think about. Well, that's true. And, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, as we talk about this and um, we were talking about talking about this today, I got thinking about this. Uh, Tennessee, you know, has tons of lakes and uh, and lake property and uh, so many feet from the water back in toward the land is all owned by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers or managed by them. So, you know, if I have a lake home, uh, I may not be able to put a boat ramp out there because it's all core property. Uh, that That's an excellent way to develop trails for equestrian use, isn't it? Oh, it is. And there's lots of equestrian use. And Backcountry Horsemen of America has a 10-year agreement with the Army Corps of Engineers to work on horse trail projects together. So not only maintaining the ones that exist, but, you know, and and, and horse camps where they exist, but actually building more in in concert with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers because they're they're even doing more to invite the public in and saying these public lands are yours too. And they want to be treated like the other, you know, U.S. Forest Service, the National Park Service, in terms of the, how the public views them. So I think that's all a very good thing. And, yeah, I'm looking at the map right now nationwide. There's half a dozen Army Corps of Engineer uh, properties in northern Tennessee here just, and just around Nashville and areas. So I'm sure yeah. those reservoirs that you're talking about are right in your you know, backyard almost for a lot of people. Uh, and whether people know it's managed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers or not, I mean, the more we kind of look into that and realize how much the Army Corps is inviting public recreation on trails, I think it's a, it's a great thing. It just adds to that portfolio of more trails for the public and more equestrian opportunities. So it's, it's, it's a really neat thing to see happen. Wow. Wow. Well, that's something that our listeners should not overlook, and uh, maybe they need to investigate those trails as well as uh, uh, some of the Forest Service trails and the other trails that are out there, but uh, interesting, interesting stuff. But it's really fun to follow this national educational campaign as it takes off next month. And uh, maybe we need to talk a little bit more about that when we come back in September to find out what's happening with that and, and how that's going. But uh, so, what have you been doing for the last? six weeks while we've been out moving what what's randy rest been doing where you been 
I haven't been very far in terms of geography still here in western Oregon uh, going through some various heat waves and stuff and keeping an eye on the animals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it, it, they're local, you know, close to home kind of trips and trail trips and things like that. Um, and I've just been working pretty feverishly on, you know, some of these things having to do with horse campsites and what we might be able to do. Uh, you know, to kind of improve the situation there. See, that's the beauty. I can, I've got a job that blends my interests and passions, you know, even though I don't get to go outdoors as often as I'd like or be on trails, <laughs> at least it, it's working towards that end and it's helping that, you know. So the Backcountry Horsemen of America is a, is a really neat organization to work for um, and to, you know, to do things like this at a national level with partners and find out how much more we have in common with the hikers, the trail runners, the mountain bikers, and others, you know, as we're trying to find ways to, to coexist and get along and even improve those relationships because a lot of our trail maintenance and the work that our, our volunteers do is in concert with these other groups too. It's not always just we only work on horse trails and we only work with horse people. No, uh, not even close. It's, yeah, you know, it's it's all the trail users because, yeah, even though we, you know, so it's not only about treating our public lands with respect, but it's treating others we meet on the trail and then we work with with respect. That's going to really win the day for for all of us. We've got to learn to get along. Well, and that's an excellent point because when you consider how much trail use there is, we equestrians make up a very small part of that, don't we? We do. We're we're the small fish, you know, in in this this lake or ocean. And so, yeah, if we don't get along, we can find, as we've found ourselves in other places, getting squeezed out pretty quick, pretty mm-hmm. quickly. So, we've got to hold our own, um, and we've got to, you know, enter into these partnerships, uh, you know, and and try to make things work. And and so far, it's it's I think it's working well. We certainly have lots of good success stories at the local level, but we still, you know, occasionally lose ground at the local level. But each time we do, I find it's because our local trail groups, you know, the equestrian groups are not really, as we're talking about, they're not integrated with the broader trails community, and they're going it alone, and that's just not the recipe for long-term success. It's not going to work. It is not going to work. not going to work. Hey, Randy Rasmussen, we have got uh, Rendezvous West coming up September the 16th through the 19th in Cannonville, Utah, which is just about uh, 20 minutes away from Bryce Canyon. Beautiful, beautiful country. We're going to be at the Bryce Valley Ranch and RV uh, and Horse Park there. And uh, the Bryce Village, um, Bryce Pioneer Village is the host hotel for folks that don't have uh, horse trailers or uh, RVs. But that's all coming up, and we're going to have live music. We're going to have three days of trail riding. There'll be plenty of hiking if people want to get out and hike. Uh, we have one of the finest chuck wagon cooks in the country that's coming in to cook for the event, and there'll be plenty of shopping and a clinic by Trina Morris for folks that would like to attend a horse clinic. So that's all coming up September the 16th. 19th. They can find out more about that by visiting our website, equestrianlegacy.net. But I mention that because Utah is close enough to Oregon that you could just pop on down. And <laughs> it is. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's a couple of days' drive, but nonetheless, um, you know, that sounds like a great event. And yeah, you're in some great country that 
you've spent some time in recently, and isn't it just amazing? Um, yeah. Yeah. In yeah, every direction you go, there's something new. There's trails uh, you can enjoy. Well, I will make an offer to you. You come down, and we'll give you free booth space, so you can come down and talk about backcountry horse of America. Ooh, so I like that. That would be okay. all right. And I, I, I'll, can I mention that to some of my Utah affiliates too? Because uh, please they might do. Be interested. All right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, listen. It has been fun as always to have you on the show with some interesting conversation, Bob. Bell, as always, does a great job researching things and bringing up things. <laughs> so, anyway, it's been a lot of fun on Settle Up America Day. And, uh, Randy, we'll see you next month, uh, first Thursday in September. And uh, we look forward to that. But thanks so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure, Jerry. Thank you. And take care, Bobby. Thank you, Randy. All right. We're going to listen to a great song by Miss Belinda Gale. It's called The Navajo Trail. And we'll be back in just a moment on Saddle Up America. Every day along about evening When the sunlight's beginning to pale I ride the slumbering shadows Along the Navajo Trail
Trail, and that is from her CD, Granite Mountain. Great, great song. So, Bobby Bell, it is so good to be back with you live and on the air. I've kind of, I kind of been missing that. <laughs> it, it kind of went fast those weeks, and at the same time, it felt slow. I don't know how that is, fast and slow at the same time, but that's that's how it felt to me. <laughs> well, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. But anyway, happy to be back live and on the air. We've had some great shows that we rebroadcast, but it's always fun to be live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, wasn't David Sawyer fun to visit with? He is such a cool guy. There, that was that was really fun. That was really fun. You know, when it, great bands always, the individual members, when you can actually just sit down with each member, you know, you learn so much more, and then you come back to the whole band with a whole different appreciation. And um, you know, he's just a guy playing guitar in a hat behind those those two young, you know, amazing <laughs> musicians, and we got to finally meet David. You know, really great. Yeah, he's. Good guy and, and so talented both as a writer and performer and uh, as a visual artist. You know, his caricatures are absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a lot of fun mm-hmm. visiting with him and sharing music from the good years. And uh, it, it is amazing, isn't it? You, you, can get a, you can get a CD that's 21 years old and it sounds new again. Just amazing. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's always good to have Randy Rasmussen join us, and and he always has such great topics. So it's been a it's been a lot of fun. What has been going on out west for the last six weeks? Well, well, um, adding uh, lots of new merchandise, retiring some, uh, new ladies' leather jackets from Scully. I'm working on men's leather right now. There's about 35 styles to add. We're heading to Vegas next week for a major uh, apparel trade show, and we weren't able to go to anything last year, of course, and um, we're going to be there for two days it's not a western only show we've done this show in the past but it's been it's been a few years it's actually a little overwhelming there's just so much (laughs) so much to see so many vendors but uh, we're looking for some new partnerships and so we're hitting the road on sunday and uh, when we talk on thursday next week i'll be calling you from our um where we're staying that morning and then we'll be heading home right after the show um, taking two days, two days to get there, two days to get home. We're not the young people that can do that, you know, like 12 <laughs> hours drive in a day anymore. We just, yeah, me just either. that's just not fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, me either. So it was really funny because the, the, um, the last time that we, uh, drove from Tennessee to Utah, we did it in three days. And this time mm-hmm. when we came from Utah to Tennessee, Mary Kay asked me, she said, could we do that in four days and Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a much easier trip and much more fun to do yeah. that. But um, yeah. anyway, um, next week we have Miss Kristen Harris that's going to be joining us on the Campfire Cafe, and uh, and hopefully our good friend Robert Everso join us, the Trailmeister. And Bobby, I don't know if you're aware, but he kind of had an injury 
when he was up in the Bob Marshall. So he broke a bone. He's had a broken Oh, broken I leg. did not. I missed that. I'll have to go yeah. check that out. So was yeah. that a, a little while ago then, or was that real recent? That was about a month ago, a month ago. So. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. So it should be easy for him to get the telephone to call in. But anyway, Robert Eversole, the Trailmeister on Satellite America, and Kristen Harris on the Campfire Cafe, and that will be a lot of fun. And I will mention again, if you have not made your reservations for a place that's got to be on your bucket list, and that is Bryce Canyon and the area there in southern Utah, which is absolutely gorgeous, be sure and visit website at equestrianlegacy.net and check out Rendezvous West that's coming up in just about five weeks so not much time to make reservations if you'd like to do that uh, you have a closing thought for us today I, I do this is um, a quote from John Patrick Shanley all the really exciting things possible during the course of a lifetime require a little more courage than we currently have, a deep breath, and a leap. Wow. Wow. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, we will talk to you next week on the Campfire Cafe in South America for our audience that listens around the world please join us again and we remind you that you can listen to the podcast of these shows on Spotify, iHeartRadio Apple Podcast and iTunes so we're going to leave you today with a great song from Mary Kay Holt it's one called Fringe we remind you that if you climb in the saddle get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio Rising up your bow, turn the soundboard on righty, and turn the lights way down low. These are hard, hard times, and folks are coming head night. Let it go, let it go. So dance all this in 1910. These pine wood planks have seen a whole lot of dancing since then. Been through two world wars, years of drought, and the Great Depression. So put your best boots on and we'll play a song. We've been through hard times before, we can do it again. Come on down and shake some friends. Move a little closer. Take it on back. Jimmy, it's just a show those cowboys wear fast. Texas twirl, shake that pretty little girl, shake Hold on, honey, we'll dance till the sun comes up again. That bass is thumping, this joint is jumping. Folks from town and the county, all around, every walk of life and every station. We've got bills to pay, but baby, not today. This is a Saturday night. So put your best boots on and we'll play a song Cause when your life comes unhinged You can come on down and shake some friends Move a little closer Take it on back Shimmy it's a touch
show those cowboys where it's at. Shake them free. Give the Texas twirl. Shake them free. To that pretty little girl. Oh, 